G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Hoopball. The last positional tiers and rankings video and podcast today. We are talking the centers, the big guys. Let's go. Talking about practice. LeBron James with no record for human life. Harry Bean's basketball. Back out to Allen. History quarter. Bang! Curry for three. Wow! Unbelievable. Making it rain in New York. We the North are now we the champions. Not the destination, it's the journey. Mamba G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast again. Uh, my name is Mitchell Casey and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys NBA. As always, I am joined by the fantasy experts, the guru himself, Callum Mack. How you doing, man? That's the intro I've been waiting for, Mitch. I love it. Thank you. I'm doing very well. <laughs> I've finally given you your proper title. I remembered it. The guru himself. There uh, it is. There it is. Uh, How does it feel to be famous? Cal, we've uh, we, we've hit a thousand subscribers. So, has your life changed in the last couple of days? What's what's life been like at uh, the one thousand subscriber uh, club? Look, man, I've just been living on a high. It's it's a great feeling. I want to thank all the listeners out there. Huge milestone for both Mitch and myself and the Ball Boys. So we we couldn't be happier. Um, nothing but appreciation to everyone out there listening to us. Yeah, no. In, in all seriousness, it it does feel like a weird thing to say that like people actually listen to the podcast, subscribe, and there's a thousand of you out there, which is, you know, we, we sort of started this and we thought, oh, we'd just be talking some hoops, talking some fantasy basketball and just be talking amongst ourselves. But it's really cool to know that there are people listening out there. And uh, I appreciate all the lovely comments and everything that you guys do. You guys are the best. Uh, but if you want to uh, stack onto it, uh, feel free to subscribe as well over on YouTube uh, or subscribe over on Apple Podcasts or you know, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever else you get your podcast. But let's not uh, let's not gloat too much. Let's let's get into what you guys are here to uh, here to see, here to, here to listen to. We're talking rankings and positional tiers. The final video or series of this one here. We're talking the big guys. So we so far we've clumped all the guards together, the forwards and wings, and now these are your centers. Okay, a few you know blurred lines here and there with guys who have multiple positional eligibility. But with everything, we should get through. Everyone here, and let's let's not waste any time. Let's go into tier number one. It's a pretty obvious one. It's the number one pick, the unquestioned number one pick this year, Nikola Jokic. Uh, pretty simple, this one. It is. Look, the reigning MVP um, in, in all fantasy formats, he was number one. I had a bit of a check on all of your punts as well. He was the best player um, for all punts except for rebounds. And um, what else was it? I think it was steals, weirdly. I think um, someone else got above him in steals, but otherwise he was the best. Yeah. Um, Nikola Jokic, he, he, he could do it all. Points, threes, um, he's an incredible player and he should be number one pick in every draft this year. Yeah, I, I don't care if it's Roto, I don't care if it's head-to-head, maybe even points leagues. I think you're probably still going him or Giannis. It, he's just he's just the, the best player in fantasy basketball right now. And the fact that Jamal Murray's out this season, there's no reason to expect he's going to take a step back. So by far and away, the number one pick to me, and by far and away, the number one and only deserving center in tier number one. Let's move on. He's pretty obvious. Let's go on to tier number two. I've grouped three players in this tier. Um, I would still call all of these guys first-rounders, okay? 
At two, I've got Carl Anthony Towns. At three, Joel Embiid. And at four, Anthony Davis. Tell me a little bit about this tier and, and who catches your eye the most here, Cal. I feel like it's the, um, it, to some degree, they're only in this tier because of a bit of injury mm. risk. I think all of them have that bit of it. But I feel like Anthony Towns has had a horror of a year last year. I think he will come back strong in fantasy. Joel Embiid was playing awesome until he went out injured. He was pretty much running away with the MVP trophy. So in a per-minute basis and a week-to-week, Joel Embiid's huge, can be really good for your team. You just need to make sure you make the playoffs when you have him on your team. Yeah, <laughs> and Anthony Davis was almost the number. He was almost the best fantasy player only a couple of years ago. Yes, um, how he fits with Westbrook, there's some question marks there. I still think he should be a first rounder, probably looking like a late first rounder. I think so too. I think all these guys are locks. I think they're all locks for top ten almost. I mean, maybe depends how risk averse you are, but just these guys who are most of them are good free throw percentage shooters as as a big guy. Uh, most of them hit a, at least a, a three or so a game. They give you solid assists from the center positions in for the most part. Blocks are there. So it's just it's just well rounded. And in terms of like center depth and like statistical needs and out of position stats, they all give you some really, really good stuff. Um, Anthony Davis to me kind of stands out. Last year he was obviously ranked, I think it was outside the top thirty, which was just really weird. Um, that's a result of the points dropping, the rebounds dropping, the free throw percentage coming back, which was a really weird one. I expect the free throw percentage to come up. Not so sure about the rebounds with Westbrook coming back, although the fact that they don't longer have Marcus Gasol on the team, I think is good if he means it plays a bit more center and not power forward. Um, I expect the points to come back up as well, just just because I think, you know, he's like the youngest star on this team. They, they, I think uh, LeBron or someone I heard saying that they expect Anthony Davis to lead this team in scoring, which would be awesome. Um but I, I wouldn't. It wouldn't shock me if at the end of the year he was like a top three fantasy player. He has that ceiling, so uh, there's no reason he should go outside of the top ten, eleven picks, really. Yeah, and I think the big thing is it's always the blocks. And look, he went down to one point six. It was a small yep. sample size. I, I feel like a lot of people did freak out for that. He he's been kind of like on that two and a half block pace. Yeah. You know, in previous years, and there's Ultimate no reason years. really for that to stop. I, I just think last year was a bit of a, of a small sample size. Like, yeah. For the first half of the season, Miles Turner was always averaging like, you know, four and a half. And, yeah. and that came back down to earth a little bit. He still averaged like 3.4, which is huge. But, you know, it happens. People get on hot streaks. Yeah. And, and especially like we've talked about it before in some of those punting videos, like blocks, there's such a high variance stat. You know, just a drop of half a block a game can affect your value immensely and drop you down several spots in the rankings. But Anthony Davis is consistently over two blocks a game in the previous several seasons. So I'm pretty confident that also will come come back up. I also like what you said about Carlton Towns. I, I just have this, this, there's no like reason or like statistical like evidence to back this up, but I feel like Carlton Towns is just going to have a big season this year. I, I feel like he's, he's due. Like he's had a couple of poor seasons in terms of injury and staying available. COVID obviously hit his family really hard, which was very sad to hear. But in my head, I just feel like he's got something to prove. The Timberwolves look like they're finally... Just the wording coming out of the Timberwolves seems like they're trying to win. They're trying to push for the playoffs. And I think Carly Towns is going to be a big reason for that. Um, so, I don't know. I just, I'm really psyched about Carly Towns. I would be taking him at pick five in drafts uh, at this point. So, um, do you share my enthusiasm for, for Cat this year? Look, I, I totally do. Um, you could even argue maybe four, but like I think he, I can see he can slot that number five yeah. spot for me. I'm, I'm really happy about it. He, he's a beast, field goal, he'll totally carry. Um, he's a lock for like pretty much a twenty-five and eleven 
can get you steals for a big man. Like blocks could be better, but um, one and a half or what, what's the average? Last year was a small sample size, so I probably wouldn't go off that. But it, he's serviceable pretty much in, in every domain as, as a big man. He even hits the threes on like a yeah. for, for a center, like a historic kind of rate. So yeah. he, he is he is pretty damn good. Um, I love them on my team for number five. Um, I think he will come into this season like just lo- looking like his old self. Um, last year was, as I said, it was a horror for him. It was, mentally, it was obviously pretty draining. Uh, yep. I li- I'd like to think that he comes out and he's he's hungry again. He's got a good team around him. So yeah, yeah. I- I've seen a couple of interviews in, and he says that he's in a better place mentally now. So and he's ready to attack the season. So that's all very good to hear. If yeah, you're him, not him and Delo Russell, actually Delancho Russell, that, that's going to be a lot of pick and rolls. That's yeah. what Delancho loves to do, and Delancho is a good passer. Um, so I, look, I think it's going to be a really cool match. I'm keen to check it out. For anyone listening along, um, uh, Callum was talking about D'Angelo Russell, not Delangelo Russell. <laughs> um, but yeah, D-Lo. No. let's go with D'Lo. D'Lo, yeah, there you go, D'Lo, the Aussie accent. All right, let's move on to tier number three. A little bit of a gap here between tier three and tier two, in my opinion. You've probably got about you know half a round to a round's difference. The back end of the second round is where I'd be comfortable drafting these guys. Um, we've got Nikola Vucevic, Bam Adebayo, Rudy Gobert, DeMontis Sabonis, and Julius Randle. A couple of those last guys I was considering moving into the tier after this, but I do think in certain punt builds, they rise in terms of their value. So um, I'm very comfortable drafting them inside the top 30. So for that reason, they are all in this tier. What, what stands out for you in this group of guys? Um, they all kind of had their own strengths. I like all of them as well. I love them all in the 20 to 30. Some could go as high as the late teens. Um, that wouldn't like, I've seen some Julius Randall, um, go around the 18 mark just for the punt field goal. Cause he yep. can be a great big to spot in, in that selection. Yep. Threes and assists. I, exactly. Yeah. Threes assists, um, for a plant block, block, um, block build as well. He's really good. Yep. Likewise for Sabonis. Sabonis, I think he's going to come into the season hungry. Rick Carlisle, I'm intrigued to see how the minutes go with him and Miles Turner. Mm. Um, there was a bit of injury to Miles Turner last year, which maybe inflated Sabonis a bit, but I feel like he was pretty much their best player. Um, look, there were some injuries to Brogdon too, so yeah. look, he, I'd probably have a little bit of a red flag with Sabonis with some inflation. I, I think I think of this group here, I think most of these players, there is actually a bit of a red flag in terms of regression. Vucevic, obviously, you've got a few players joining his team. He's on the new team in Chicago, so he was already seeing a dip in his numbers there. Um, Bam out of bio, you've got Kyle Lowry coming in, so it's probably going to affect his assist numbers. Um, I can see that coming down a little bit. Gobert's probably the one that sticks out that he's nothing's changed. He's going to do the exact same thing this year as what he did last year. Um, but then Sabonis, I'm, I'm concerned about the minutes. I think they might come down. Last year, the, the Indiana guys all had really high minutes, and I think with the new coach and things like that, it's not going to get higher. It's only probably got downside really there. And then Julius Randle, obviously you've got Kemba and uh, Evan Fournier coming into this team. So there's a bit more offensive firepower on that team, and he's not going to have to do so much. So if you're comparing these guys to their stats last year, I actually think that most of them outside of Gobert are set for a little bit of a regression, a little bit of a step back, but it still probably lands them at this point. Um, They're still going to be really solid, really good, um, you know, top 10 centers in the league uh, in terms of fantasy production. So um, I'd be happy to draft them here. I just wouldn't be reaching too high into the second round uh, for these guys, expecting especially players like Vucevic and Bam, who usually, I think in Yahoo, uh, Vucevic is ranked at like number 12 or something. That just seems really, really high to me, and I don't think you should be, don't think you should be, think you be drafting him that high. Um, but there's a bit of value for a few of these guys as well. Let's move on to tier number four. Um, 
these guys I see as sort of third round players, you know, in your 35 to 45 kind of area. We've got four names in this tier. We've got Kristaps Porzingis, DeAndre Ayton, Rashawn Holmes, and Clint Capella. Um, what, what stands out to you in this list here, Cal? Um, I actually think uh, Clint Capella is a bit of a sleeper. I really like Clint Capella. In, in a pun assist build, that man's like a top 10 player. Um, yeah, look, he gets no assists. But if you kind of cater for that, he led the league in rebounds. He gets two blocks a game, which is huge. Um, yeah, look, his free throws are bad. But if, if you only had him on your team and other kind of respectable guys, you'd still be competitive in that category. So that's not a complete wash. Yes, it's bad, but... Um, at least you'd kind of, it's a soft punt, I guess, if you, if you do take one. Or you could go the full punt. You could just go the, um, the yep. punt assists and punt free throw direction. Um, I, I actually really like Rashawn Holmes as well. Um, he got a big contract. He's locked into the center spot. He's going to be putting up just as many minutes as he was last season, maybe even more. Um, his field goal is awesome. He gets 1.6 blocks a game, eight rebounds. He's one of the percentage kind of guys. This doesn't really hurt you anywhere. This always every week, every game. This gives you really good stats, um, which is great to have. He's one of those guys is usually pretty healthy, durable as well. Um, Aiden, Aiden, I'm kind of not too, too sure about because Aiden mm, he's a had funny such one. a big playoffs. Yeah, I'm, I'm, but in the regular season, there was moments where we were like, you know, this guy's a, he was a bust. He, he was, was a, a total bust. He was a second round pick last year, and everyone was expecting him to be massive with Chris Paul there, and we all thought that he would take the step back. But the scoring dropped off. Um, the blocks weren't really there at all. Um, and it's just not much else outside of good rebounds and solid percentages. So, um, yeah, someone who was a little bit disappointing, although I think he's still young. He's still on his rookie contract. He was a number one pick. I still consider and think he will continue to get a little bit more usage every year. And um, he is one of those unique guys that shoots a good free throw percentage and field goal percentage, which is something that I think boosts his value, uh, similar to like a Rashawn Holmes. If we go back to the Clint Capella, um, Conspirator, you were saying punt. Uh, assist builds, but if I if I also turn on a punt free throw percentage build, so just punting free throw percentage, he comes out as the fourth ranked player. That's right, you heard me, <laughs> the fourth ranked player. Because uh, let me just throw a bit of that uh, on here. Take that for data. Yeah, take take that for data. The fourth ranked player in a, in a free throw percentage build. Um, now, obviously, you're not drafting at pick four, okay? But it just goes to show you the amount of value you can get when you're punting those those percentage categories. And if you miss out on a Rudy Gobert, then Clint Capella is going to be there usually a round or two later uh, and post very similar numbers. In fact, post more rebounds, uh, post more assists than than a Rudy Gobert, which is, um, oh, actually, sorry, no, half assists less, more steals, more points. Um, so it is someone that I'm not too worried about missing out on those blocks in Gobert because you've got Clint Capella that you can fall back to. And then, as I was saying before, he, he only shoots... 3.6 attempts a game. So it's still not terrible. Like you have someone like Rudy Gobert who puts up five and a half. Giannis puts up nine and a half. You, you have to throw away those categories. Yeah. Look, 3.6 at 57%. Yeah, look, it's it's not great, but I still feel like if you wanted to salvage free throws, you salvageable. could. salvageable. If you had someone who's super high volume to pair with him. Yeah. Because in a pun assist, he is a 12th ranked player. Yeah. So twelve. you've got two builds there where he's just, yeah, huge amounts of gains in value. Um, we haven't talked much about Kristaps Porzingis, and I think he is probably one of the um, the more glaring standout players in this list. He, he's obviously super high in terms of uh, per game value, but in terms of the games played, the injury risks, where are you comfortable in drafting Kristaps Porzingis this season? 
Um, to some degree, I think you have to be. I think he's good for a punt field goal build because he really lets yep. him fire. Um, I'm not look. I'm not super sold, super sold on Chris Dubs. Um, I think the durability. I just he doesn't really look like himself that that much. Um, I, I'll be comfortable taking him around, maybe even the. Oh, fit, like I'd be maybe the forty to fifty mark. He's ranked. He's ranked thirty three on Yahoo, which is it's a bit high for my taste. I think. Uh, look. If he's a top like thirty, top twenty-five player per game, it wouldn't shock me at all because he's got the huge points. He's got the the big threes and the blocks combo, which is uh, rare. He's a good free throw shooter. Um, you know, he's he's good in a lot of areas. Low turnovers, if you care about those sort of things. The field goal percentage isn't horrible, um, but in terms of like a punt field goal percentage team, he gives you those threes that are really valuable and is excellent free throw shooter. So those two things and that build is very valuable. Um, so definitely he suits that build the most or a punt assist build. But you've still got to weigh in that injury risk. So for me, yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't be taking him inside the top 40. But on a per-game value, he could easily... And that's why he's at the top of this list. He's he's probably got the highest potential in terms of per-game value from a rankings perspective, um, depending on your build, but more of an overall kind of rankings perspective. Let's move on to tier number five. We This is where I would call this like the run of big guys, um, basically in the draft. These are the last big guys, or probably a few in the next tier, in which that I'm really confident in, and I'm pretty happy to get onto my, my squad. Let's run through them. We've got uh, at 14, Robert Williams from the Boston Celtics, Yusuf Nurkic, Jaron Jackson Jr., Miles Turner, Draymond Green, John Collins, and Christian Wood. Is snuck in there as well. And we're looking at sort of 50 to 60 or 50 to 65 kind of range in terms of rankings. So in my opinion, there's a bit of a run here at the end of the fourth and into the fifth round for the big guys. Who stands out to you here, Cal? Um, I'd say, look, in this range, you could you could be getting some steals in Christian Wood and, and Yusuf Nurkic. I think those guys are kind of screaming at me. Christian Wood had a great season, and then he got derailed by injury towards the end. Uh, I guess... The only negative for him, um, which you have to take into account, is the Rockets are kind of going to the full punt. And then they drafted some good big men. Um, they've got some young guys who they, they want to give minutes to. So I'm not too sure where Christian Wood fits into that. But I still feel like he will get minutes. So um, I, I can see him going in the 40s, to be honest. Um, just based on his stats, he put up some awesome stats, about 20 points a game, good steals. Um, I would expect that maybe to chop off a little bit. I'm not too sure what his usage will be like. The thing is, yeah, the Rockets, they're a completely new team, completely mm-hmm. new team. Um, but he could be worth an investment. And and um, Yusuf Nurkic, I mean, that guy's been kind of like a 30, top 30 value guy previously. Yeah. Um, the was past weak. couple of seasons, injuries have kind of gotten in the way, which is why he's down here. But look, he's, he's worth an investment. He could definitely pay off. He, he's someone who, with the new coach and with the full off season, um, I'm just I'm super high on a bounce back season from um, Yusuf Nurkic. He's kind of like a post hype guy. He was a guy that uh, was really hyped last year coming off the bubble. If you remember, his bubble numbers were like top ten in terms of like per game value, putting up blocks, steals, assists, good percentages, good points, everything. He was like a eight category star basically. Um, obviously, it fell all off last year. Played 24 minutes a game, approximately, and I think he was still inside the top 100, maybe like a top 90 player, if memory serves me. So that should easily come up to 30 minutes a game again. And if he's a bit fitter, doesn't have those injuries weighing him down, uh, I'm really, really hyped on on taking Yusuf Nurkic, especially where he's going. I think he's ranked 
we're going to do a sleepers show soon, but he's he's ranked fairly uh, way back there, so I think he's a is a great pick. Let's talk about Robert Williams. He's a bit of a hype guy. He's uh, climbing the rankings boards. Let me let me ch- double check where he's ranked over on Yahoo. Duh, 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 duh. Robert Williams. But anyway, yeah. So he's he's someone who obviously you're going to get the the big block numbers. He didn't play huge minute like, huge minutes last year, but still ranks very well. He's ranked 55 on Yahoo, but last year only played 19 minutes a game. What are your thoughts on the uh, the hype guy, the Time Lord, uh, coming into this season? Uh, look, I'd be interested to see maybe what it was like for the the last half of the season because that's pretty pretty much when he really actually started putting it on. Um, he can be a good guy. They can get you blocks um, around this area. I think that's what he's kind of there for, yeah. and some rebounds. Um, he, I guess as a per minute thing, he he can still give you pretty um pretty good stuff. But I, I think I'll give you still... I'll, I'll give you his post All Star numbers. So this yeah. is this is in twenty two and a half minutes. He put up nine and a half points, eight rebounds, two point seven assists, point seven steals, two point one blocks. Um, shooting 72% from the field, so a huge field goal percentage, and 59% from the free throw line on one and a half attempts. So the the, the stats are there. Like that's 2.1 blocks in 22 minutes, you know, eight rebounds in 22 minutes, and nearly three assists a game in 22 minutes from the center position is really, really good. So, and obviously the huge field goal percentage. He's a low scorer, obviously, so suiting a punt points kind of a team, but... You can get him late enough that it's not necessary to completely punt the category. Do you think that he's going to be starting for the Celtics, or or where do you where do you see this rotation going? Like, how many minutes a night can we expect from Robert Covington? I think maybe it will be a little bit more, so maybe in the twenty five minutes per game. So okay. I actually don't even think it matters if he does start no, because doesn't. I still feel like he'll get the same amount of minutes. So look, they they may very well start Al Horford. Um, and because he's pretty old, they'll still give a fair chunk of his minutes to Robert Williams. Um, look, they still have Enos Cantor as well, I believe. Um, is that right? The set, yeah, they, they've re-signed him for like the fifteenth bloody time. Um, so I, he, he can re, he can like slot into some matchups. Um, you got the young guy in Grant Williams who might steal some minutes. So yeah, There's, that's like for your small ball kind of lineups. But I still like he, he's definitely at the highest potential. There's a new coach there. Um, I think in this range, fifty to sixty. I feel more comfortable taking someone else, but if you if you really want blocks, um, maybe maybe you do reach for him a little bit here. Look, yeah, he, on a per minute basis, he's a gamble. Like he, let's be honest, he's a gamble. He's he's just an absolute monster on a per minute basis. Like if if this guy was getting thirty two <laughs> minutes a night, he'd almost be like a top fifteen player. Um, but just the fact that the minutes are unquestioned, and also sometimes it doesn't always work that way. It doesn't always work in terms of like. As soon as the minutes come up, the production just follows in the linear kind of line. Sometimes, especially when you're dealing with like categories like blocks and things like that, you might run into foul trouble and things like that. We talked about like Mitchell Robinson in the past. Like he was putting up all these blocks in small sample size. He got more minutes and then the blocks actually came down. So it, it is, you, you've got to be careful with these like really hyped guys because of the per minute uh, projections. But just to give you an idea, he was ranked 68th last year in a per game basis in 19 minutes a game. So. If you kind of think of that as like his floor, then uh, taking him in the 50s when you've got like, okay, say his floor is 68, but his ceiling is like a top 40, top 30 player. If he actually, you know, gets those 25 plus minutes a night, then 
you're looking at someone who, who could potentially gain a lot of value. So it's a bit of risk-reward, especially if you're looking for those specific stats and blocks, field goal percentage, rebounds, and, and decent assists from the, from the center position. Just be careful of those points per game as well. All right, let's move on to tier number six. Again, this is probably, yeah, by the end of this tier, I would want to have at least a couple of centers on my team because this is where after this tier, in tier seven, it gets real dicey. So this is the last stage of players that I'm really confident in. We've got an injured Pascal Siakam at 21, Isaiah Stewart at 22, Jonas Valanciunas at 23, Jakob Pertl at 24, PJ Washington at 25, and Jarrett Allen on the Cavs at 26. Who stands out to you in, in tier six here, Cal? Um, out of these guys, uh, I think like Pascal dropped to the injury, right? Yes, he's he's dropped down. He's he's got he's got that shoulder reconstruction. He had a torn labrum, so he's going to miss the start of the season. We don't know exactly how long. Um, the fact that it's an upper limb injury and not like a knee or an ankle or a foot makes me less ca- less cautious than like say your Clay Thompsons and those sort of types. So he hasn't dropped as far as those guys, but I don't know exactly how long he's going to be out for the start of the season. Yeah, yeah. So, so that makes sense because obviously he's usually like a maybe a second or third rounder, yeah. kind of kind of range. So, would you, would you go earlier? Um, would I go earlier in this range here, sixty to seventy? Yeah, I, I would even him. hold off a bit more to be honest. Okay, like maybe the eighty kind of range. Yeah, I, I think that's that's just also your your risk tolerance, and it, it will depend, especially if you draft risky players beforehand. Like if you've got your Kyrie Irvings and Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid's and all those kind of types early, then you probably don't want to take a gamble on Pascal Siakam. But if you have some solid, dependable players up until this point, then then I'd be more okay taking a flyer on him at this point. And it is interesting to note that on Yahoo, he does have center eligibility, which is why he's in this tier list. Um, so for your punt field goal percentage teams, that's awesome because he's going to give you lots of assists and threes and all those good stuff that you want from your center position. So for that reason, he does get a bit of a boost in my head-to-head rankings. Yeah, and, and, and out of all these tiers, look, I'll say the one guy that stands out to me the most, who I would pick, um, is Isaiah Stewart. I'm pretty sold on Isaiah Stewart. I think he's due for a big season. Yep. They've given him the keys out at Boston. He will be their starting center. In the last 30 games with Detroit, um, where he, he was beefed up to about 24 minutes a game, he put up you know 10 points, about 8 rebounds, um, and 1.6 blocks on about 54% from the field and 72% from the line. So... Pretty respectable numbers just all around. And for, for the 1.6 blocks in this range for a guy that can give you like a 10 and 8 and doesn't hurt you in field goal or three throw, pretty valuable. Yeah, and, and in a rookie season too. So like who's to say he's not going to come out and be better than that just from like developing kind of point of view. So uh, yeah, I think he is an excellent uh, value at this point. He is going later than this spot in drafts. Um, I could probably easily see him moving up a tier or... or you know, maybe one tier, but I think just in terms of there's a little bit of downside. I'm not sure if Dwayne Casey's going to give him all the minutes in the world. I think who did they uh, sign over there in Detroit? Was it uh, Kelly? Kelly Olynyk is there, so it'll be interesting to see what the splits are with Olynyk and Stewart, whether or not he gets 30 plus. If he gets 30 and plus, he's going to smash this ranking. But um, I'm expecting he's probably more like a 27, 28 minutes per night. But even that still gets him to about this spot here in my estimation. I also want to talk about Jakob Pertl, who I think is getting criminally underranked. He's a boring player. He doesn't, like, similar to, like, a Robert Williams, doesn't get many points, but the blocks, the assists, the field goal percentage, the rebounds, they're all there. Um, and, and he's solid. I think he's going to be the starting center all season long for the Spurs. And just someone who I would be very happy to depend on. Obviously, the free throw is shocking. 
Doesn't take many of them, so it is recoverable, but keep that in mind, that his free throw, I think he was like shooting 40% or something at the start of last year, but he did it. He did improve that as the year went on, but it is it is something really bad. I'm, I'm going to... I can't believe you threw a bit of shade at my boy Teenage Mutant Ninja Purtle. Um, <laughs> I think he is exciting. He's not, he's not that boring. I haven't, he, I, haven't he heard, blocks. I haven't heard that nickname before. Teenage Ninja... What did you Teenage say? Teenage Mutant Ninja Purtle. <laughs> he, I like that he's one. A, he's a great player um, on, on a permanent basis. Uh, in the last 30 games for the Spurs, so the back end of the season, he um, put up you know 10 points, eight rebounds, two assists... 0.8 steals, 2.1 blocks. Does that surprise you? 2.1 blocks. No, I, I did know he, he got a lot of block shots. Um, yes, Huge. Yes, so That's like 62% um, from the field goal and um, 63% from the free throw line. Yep. Um, yeah, look, great player. Free throws aren't ideal, but there's only two a game. Yeah. 2.1 blocks is huge. If you can massive. maintain that this season, um, and they look pretty good too. You can throw some dunks down. I wouldn't say he's that boring of a pick. Yeah, he's like a good him. defender. I like his ceiling. Yeah, he's, he's a good... full youth. Yeah, like that. Like they've got no more reason to be trying to get to the playoffs anymore. I mean, I really hope these Spurs just really tear it down and go with their youth. They've got no one really behind him that's worth much value. I mean, who have they got? Fucking Zach Collins. I mean, he can't, he can't stay on the court. I think he's had another foot surgery, so... There's really not much there. There's not a lot of... I think the, the talk is that um, Thaddeus Young might be out of the roster and might not even play a game. So, yeah, it's his send-up position to lose. And, um, yeah, fully confident that he's going to uh, do really well. Let's move on to tier number seven. And, look, this is where it starts to get dicey. I, I lose a lot of confidence with a lot of these guys. There's not as much upside with a lot of these guys as well. So... For this reason, these guys are more like 85 to 100 in my estimation. So from 60 to 70 to like plus 85, we've got a bit of a gap. So a bit of a break in value. We've got Mitchell Robinson at 27, Chris Boucher, Brooke Lopez, uh, Mason Plumley on a new team. We've got Evan Mobley and Kelly Olenek rounding out tier seven. So what are your thoughts on this tier here, Cal? Who stands out to you? Um, I kind of like Brooke Lopez, but only really for the fact of like... If you just need some blocks in this range, he, he can give you blocks. You, you have to account for as a yep. big, he doesn't really give you rebounds. Um, maybe that's your build, fair enough. But one and a half blocks at this point. Um, he also gives you like the one and a half threes as well. Yeah, it's a unique, so, unique skill set. It, it, it is pretty unique. So I kind of like him in this range. Maybe one concern for him is like, I guess the whole small ball lineup in some of the playoff series, he was brought off the court a bit. They want a bit more. Maybe they'll go a bit more Bobby Portis this season. So there is some of that there, but I still think he will get kind of like the blocks that they, you need. They did lose PJ Tucker, who was a big reason that they were able to do that. Um, so I, I'm not as concerned about that. I think I'm more concerned about Bobby Portis getting more of a run. Um, just the fans chanting, Bobby, Bobby. <laughs> you know, maybe that forces the coach to put him on the court more. I don't know. It's a pretty catchy chant, um, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I think I think he's just he's pretty standard at this stage. There's no real upside in him, but if you need blocks and threes, um, yeah, he's he's a good guy to grab grab late. What are your thoughts on Chris Boucher? Uh, he's ranked a lot higher than this on a lot of sites. Um, he's obviously a massive per minute guy, but I just don't think that Nick Nurse likes him very much, and I don't think that he can get the minutes. If he gets twenty eight minutes a night. He destroys this value. But, like, does he get 24? Does he get 22 minutes a night? I'm, I'm not confident just because they've got a few more options there. Ken Birch. they got Precious Achua who came over from the Heat. Um, yeah, I'm just 
I, I don't know. There's a lot of downside for Chris Boucher, but at this point of the draft towards uh, pick 100, I'd clearly take the, the punt on the upside and, and hope for the best, cross my fingers. What are your thoughts on uh, Boucher? Uh, look, I, I'll be honest. I was never on the Boucher bandwagon. Ah! I was never on it. I know you were. I, I was. I, I rode that uh, that roller coaster all season long last <laughs> year. He's still on my, one of my dynasty teams, actually, but uh, at that time last year, he was a pick 160 or something like that, so... I'd take that for that season. He, this he season, was definitely a roller coaster. Yeah. Like he'd put up 30 points with five blocks and then he'd put up, you know, four and four points, four rebounds. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, play <laughs> play 12 minutes. Yeah, it's um, it's Which, not for the faint of heart. Yeah, like on an average basis, apparently he's um, like on, one of the... On Roto, he's probably better than a head-to-head league, but he's just not someone you want to depend on in a, in a weekly head-to-head format, especially when it comes to like fantasy playoffs. And uh, he's in the Nick Nurse... Doghouse, yeah, not not someone I want to be spending a uh, a high pick on. Um, yeah, and, and as you touched on, um, they was they were so lacking center talent in Toronto yeah. last season. Now they actually have some centers, so just just the mix of that being thrown into it, I'm pretty much off Boucher excited. I don't know, I don't know what how many minutes he's going to get at all now. Yeah. As much as uh, us Aussies, we love uh, Aaron Baines. I think that. The fact that instead of a 37-year-old Aaron Baines, the, the, he's got a couple of other centers in, in Ashua and Ken Birch to compete with. Um, even their rookie, uh, who they drafted, can play a bit of power forward, and then you might see Siaka move over to the small ball center. So there's a few different things that they can do. So I, I'm not as confident with his minutes this year as I was last year. Um, quickly, let's touch on um, the rookie Evan Mobley. Around this point, I, look, I, I would be much higher and more excited if they didn't do all these stupid signings like sign Larry Mark and then re-sign Jarrett Allen to that big money. Uh, I feel like there was someone else that they they um, gave money to and, and cluttered that, that front court. Uh, Kevin Love is still there, although I don't know if he plays a game for this team. What, what's what's the go with Mobley? Is, is he like is he starting the season? Is he maybe benching at the start, starting at the end? What, what do we see happening with Mobley this season? Yeah, I'm kind of a bit off him as well. I wouldn't really take him in the top 100. I think mm. outside the 100, you get him. But it's I, a flyer. I honestly think he's only going to... Yeah, a bit more of a flyer in my eyes. Yeah. I think he'll get you blocks, though. He yeah. will get you blocks. Outside of that, I'm not too sure what he's going to bring in terms of a consistent basis. So that's why... like, Because he, he could honestly replicate a bit of what James Wiseman was last year. Yeah. And James Wiseman ended up being a huge bust and... um Look, I think Evan Mobley's going to be a great player. He's, he's better than Wiseman, first... though. He's, he's better than Wiseman, and it's a team that's not trying to win a championship. That's, like, the reason I'm moving him a little bit higher. This is probably still the same reason, the same spot that I drafted Wiseman last year, which ended up being the wrong thing to do. But <laughs> but I'm, I'm higher on Mobley than I am on Wiseman. But there, there is still a bit of risk at this point. Yeah, I, I just I just think he's only really going to give you blocks and the other categories probably won't be that great for you. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I can't off the top of my head uh, remember where he's going in drafts. I think it is probably around this spot from memory. Let's move on to tier number eight. This is sort of outside your top 100, more your sort of 120s, one, you know, getting close to 130s now. We've got a few guys in this tier. We've got Thaddeus Young, who um, could even be lower than this. Uh, there's a few recent reports that he might not be playing a game for the Spurs. Um, Daniel Gafford is here. Derek Favors, Al Horford, Wendell Carter Jr., Nerlens Noel, Ivisa Zubac, and Larry Markadon. A few different names here, a couple of old guys. Who stands out to you? 
I've been um, doing some mock drafts and I've been I've been picking up Wendell Carter Jr. a few times. I yep. like his ceiling. Um, if you saw our mock draft that we did a, a week ago, I um, or maybe two weeks ago now, I did yep. pick up Wendell Carter. I like his um, his upside. He will be battling the position for Mo Bamba though, so yeah. keep your eyes on that. Maybe maybe you go from um, just getting both. I don't know back to back picks, but maybe I, I like Wendell. I think. Um, I, I saw some comments on that video saying, oh, Robin Lopez got signed to Orlando. I'm not concerned by that. Don't at care all. at all. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, really not. I, they're obviously going full youth movement over there. Yeah. Wendell Carter will definitely get minutes. So yeah. I, I like him. Could be some blocks, um, maybe like a 10-10 kind of guy to go, go along with it. He was someone who was really exciting in his first season. His rookie season, I think, was his best fantasy year, which is really odd. Um, and just since then, hasn't really been putting it together. I don't know if it was... Uh, um, like a Bulls thing, uh, and whether or not Orlando can bring out the talents in him. But he was a it was a high lottery pick. I liked him coming into the the the, the league. We haven't seen those block numbers. They've they've, they've been trending the wrong direction. But we'll see. It, he, he's not going to be as good of a per minute fantasy guy as Mo Bamba, but he's a much better player. Mo Bamba, we both don't feel very strongly about his talents in the NBA, but. Uh, <laughs> But uh, I the man just wants to hit threes. He wants to be Clay Thompson. I what? don't. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. Just get in the get in the paint, young fella. But I think <laughs> weren't they back to back picks? weren't they like they went back to back? I think Wendell um, went one before. They were, Bamba. I think they were in the same draft. But Bamba was the fifth pick, I believe. And yeah, maybe Wendell was after. And Wendell but, was like the seven. Was he? They were, they were very close. Maybe I know they, they were back yeah, to back. They were very very close. So, but I I don't mind Wendell at this point compared to the other players in this tier. He's clearly, in my opinion, the guy with the highest upside. Um, I also like Daniel Gafford in terms of upside. The center rotation over Washington is weird. Um, when does Thomas Bryant come back from injury? Do they like Montrez Harrell? How much are they trying to win? Gafford is someone, obviously, that you can get a lot of blocks from, but potentially not much else. But blocks, you know, he might be able to get you two blocks a game, which is something that's very valuable, especially at this point in the draft. Um, but the rest of this, these players are a bit of yuck to me, including the old old heads of Derek Favors and Al Horford, restings and all these sort of things. I'm, I'm not too excited about them. Let's go on to the final tier here. Um, late, late round flies. These are your last round picks. Maybe your second last round pick if you're really keen. But let's go through them. We've got Nicholas Claxton, James Wiseman, Alperun Sengun, Mo Bamba, Bobby Portis, Tom Bryant, Ken Birch, Stephen Adams, Xavier Tillman, Isaiah Roby, and I'll give a special shout-out to Montrez Harrell and Rui Hachimura, who are probably not going to make the graphic in the top 50, but we should mention them as well. Who stands out to you in this list here, Cal? Uh, I think you know who I'm going to say. I think I do. <laughs> I've dropped this man in every mock draft I've done because no yep. one wants to get him. But, look, I'm going to pick him up. He, um, The Turkish MVP, Alperin Sengun. Alperin Sengun. Yeah, um, your boy. It's a full youth. I think he'll get minutes. And with minutes, this man will produce. Oh, so. He doesn't need many. No, he does not. Uh, we saw what he could do in um, in summer league as well. He, he impressed a few people, so I'm I'm hoping he's not on anyone's radar because I want him. Yeah, well, uh, hopefully no one listens to this podcast, but <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Look, he he's gonna be he's gonna be in a battle early. I think he will be someone that requires a little bit of patience. But come the end of the year, there's no reason that he shouldn't be getting at least 26 minutes a night. Um, you know, playing some four, playing some five. Is Christian Wood on this team? Is he traded at the trade deadline? I don't know. But he's so talented that I think it's just going to win out. I do think, though, that you might require some patience and whether or not you're someone that 
feels as though they can hold on to someone like Sengun at the start of the season. Maybe, maybe not. Um, I want to give a shout-out to my guy, Nicholas Claxton, who I've, I've sort of been preaching a bit of a breakout season. I don't necessarily know if it's happening now. They've gone and signed all these old guys at the Brooklyn Nets. LaMarcus Aldridge is suddenly back. Uh, I don't know where this came from. He retired and then went, oh, actually, you know what? No, I don't want to retire. Um, and then who else did they sign? They signed well, someone DeAndre else. Jordan's out of there. He's gone. Jordan, yeah, he, he is out. Um, they signed someone else. I can't remember who, who exactly off the top of my head. Um, uh, they got um, the guy from Millsap. They get Paul yeah, Millsap. Yeah, Paul Millsap. That was it. Yeah. So just a couple of weird signings. Um, obviously, Blake Griffin is still there. It's just it's too clustered. Uh, but he is someone that I'm probably going to be keeping an eye on um, to make and see if any of those old guys aren't every night rotations. Let's also talk about James Wiseman. This is where I've got him. I think he's worth a flyer. I think he's going to be starting. Whether or not he's getting the minutes that he needs to get there, like he was starting a lot of last season and still sucked. So <laughs> um, what, do you, what do you think about Wiseman? I mean, surely he's worth a punt at the last pick or something. Yeah, I think he's definitely worth a flyer. Maybe, maybe for the last pick, maybe even the... Second last. Like, who who are their centers? I guess they got Draymond to go their small ball center. They got Draymond. Is Kevin Looney still on that roster? Yeah, Kevin Looney. I, I think so, but his his like injury history, you can never yep. super align him. So uh, he's definitely worth a flyer just, just for blocks too. Like that yep. guy could put up one and a half blocks a game with minutes, pretty pretty comfortably. His blocks were high in college. They dropped off a lot in the NBA, but I think with another year under his belt, it should start to come back up. But you, you do get concerned with the fact that he just looks a bit lost out there. Um, and those blocks were down in his NBA season. But, look, he's going to get you, I don't know, like decent points on decent percentages. The rebounds will be there. Um, just not a lot else in terms of three steals, assists. Maybe the the free throw percentage isn't 100% uh, really good. But, look, I think he's worth a flyer. He's got the highest upside, I think, in this group, uh, even though I don't rate him personally too much as a player. Um, but all these other guys, pretty solid. Anyone that you wanted to talk a little bit more about, or, or pretty much? Uh, I think I think Ken Birch is a good flyer. I honestly would not be surprised if he ends up being the starting center. So I think he will. Uh, I think he's a pretty good flyer. He could um, put up some good value. He was pretty reasonable at the Magic for a stint there. I think he's okay. I don't I don't know necessarily see like the upside that like a Wiseman or a Claxton go, but he's probably more likely to get better value than those guys. So it depends on what you sort of think. I like to just swing for the fences on this last pick. Just have a crack, because if it doesn't work out, I'll just drop you and I'll stream that position or pick someone else up. So, um, But yeah, he, he is someone who I think is going to be maybe starting center, maybe put up 25, 26 minutes a night and give you solid big men stats. Well, that'll do it for today's podcast, guys. Thank you for listening and thank you again for all of those people who have subscribed to the podcast. Uh, again, really appreciate all your support. If you haven't yet subscribed, and there are still a lot of you out there, please hit that button on the YouTube channel. Give us a thumbs up. And going into draft season, let's make sure that um, everyone goes onto Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating. Tell us how much you love the podcast. Tell much how much you think our accents are stupid and all those sort of fun things. A bit of banter is always good. And um, uh, hit us up in the comments. Any questions you have, any questions about your upcoming draft, players you like, players you don't like, let us know and we'll get to as many of them as possible. And we will catch you guys next time. Laters.
Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.